Social Capitalism, by Robert Harkin. Imagine a world where technology understands the human condition. A world that values relationships more than diamonds. A place where people earn a living, not from selling, but from compassion. We stand on the threshold of such a world. The door is open. We must walk through. In the early 19th century, at the dawn of the Industrial Revolution, English textile workers destroyed machines that increased productivity and replaced skilled labor. Then they swung from the gallows. The argument that technology advances create permanent unemployment became known as the Luddite fallacy. After 200 years of innovation, technology has established the foundation for productivity increases that will make the Luddite fallacy true. The largest impacts arise from ubiquitous deployment of sensors, massive networks, and advanced predictive modeling. Sensors, in both software and hardware, and networks, i.e. intranets, wireless networks, and the internet, create data needed by algorithms to make sophisticated predictions. Predictive capabilities enable computer systems to replace human labor in both legacy jobs and new roles created by innovation. Thus, our future differs from those faced by 19th century workers. Employment and wages will decline. Bureau of Labor Statistics data for 49 non-manufacturing industries and sectors reveal early signs. Labor factor share. Labor costs divided by the value of production. Show declines in 32 industries. Flat share in 1. And increases in 16 between 1987 and 2011. 18 of 21 manufacturing industries and sectors show labor share declines over the same period. Labor factor share accounts for both employment and wages. The industries with declining labor shares represent the vanguard of innovation adoption. We've already passed the halfway mark. This data provides an indicator of technology-driven economic impacts yet fails to offer definitive proof because people may shift industries or remain in their jobs but produce more. Unequivocal results require a combination of labor factor share and employment data. However, employment data contains too much noise from economic cycles and human behavior, i.e. unemployed people giving up job searches and dropping from the labor pool. Over time, the magnitude of technology impacts will make the trend obvious in employment data. We cannot wait for a clear signal because the deleterious effects at that point will prevent adequate time for preparation. Destabilizing economic effects will arise before innovation produces the technological singularity, i.e. when artificial intelligence exceeds human intelligence, because productivity gains will create temporary technological unemployment that becomes permanent when the rate of change outstrips people's ability to retrain. Switching careers every four years seems feasible to most people. How about every year? Every month? Daily? Historical software development has released new products on three-year cycles. Data-intensive, networked applications, such as web services, release new versions on a monthly cycle with major changes accumulating every six months. Web services with predictive algorithms modify parameters in real time. Rapid change will permeate the economy as companies adopt these innovations. The source of negative economic effects originates not in innovation but rather the proper functioning of capitalism based upon production and consumption of goods and services. Competition drives prices to production costs while innovation shrinks those costs. Extrapolating these trends results in a situation where goods are nearly free but few people earn income sufficient to pay the low prices, creating an economic collapse. Antitrust laws and social biases for bargains support this outcome by fostering price competition. Despite negative side effects, capitalism offers the economic structure most suited to human nature. 
Socialism and communism have failed to produce stable, productive economies long term. Corruption and incentive problems hinder both systems. A few Nordic countries have created transient stability under quasi-socialist economies, but these examples exist in conditions of natural resource abundance or cultural norms unlikely to persist over centuries. Technology-based solutions may exist for shortcomings in socialism and communism. However, tweaking the capitalist system used by the majority of countries today offers a viable solution with less disruption. Societies have made structural adjustments to capitalism in the past. In 1933, President Roosevelt took the U.S. off the gold standard. Other countries have adopted hybrid gold, fiat monetary standards. We changed how we measure value. A dollar no longer equals a quantum of gold. The dollar's value is set by the government. A growing population with expectations of stable or increasing standards of living requires a growing economy not limited by the medium of exchange. If the U.S. Federal Reserve wants to change the value of the dollar, they can print money, change interest rates, and buy or sell bonds. The government changes the dollar's value directly or indirectly during recessions to stimulate the economy. In so doing, we set a precedent for changing the measurement of value in our economy to meet society's needs. We evolve capitalism. A combination of technical innovations and our behavioral responses have created a new capitalism adjustment opportunity that can prevent the future economic collapse. The opportunity arises in people's use of technology for relating to other people. A 2010 survey from Pew Internet showed Internet users trust people at a rate twice that of non-Internet users. Facebook users trust at a rate three times higher than non-Internet users. Non-Internet users experience social isolation at more than twice the rate of Internet users and have 23% fewer confidants. On the MOS social support scale, Internet users score 14% higher in total support, 15% higher in emotional support, 12% higher in tangible support, and 17% higher in companionship than non-Internet users. Social network users score higher than general internet users and produce a greater support gap compared to non-internet users. Does this data indicate technology improves human relationships? The answer remains unknown. The average person's online social network contains 636 people of which only 2.5 qualify as core confidants. The half person listens half the time. This compares to 1.7 core confidants for non-internet users. Yet internet and social network users feel most people can be trusted at two to three times the rate of non-internet users. These feelings of trust persist despite research that shows people lie more online about age, appearance, jobs, and education. Our behavior online differs from the physical world in many instances because of anonymity, approximation of the real world, moral ambiguity in digital venues compared to mores in the physical world, and the ability to approximate our ideal selves online. Yet the freedom to express an unfettered self fails to produce higher quality friendships online versus offline. Human behavior offers opportunities for technological assistance. For example, psychologists have known, since at least 1976, that gift-giving creates an expectation of reciprocity in the giver and a sense of obligation in the receiver. Every gift-giver, even those giving without expectation of return, seeks reward in the form of a smile, praise, or self-satisfaction in performing a good deed. These types of innate responses evolved to enable a society beneficial to survival of both the group and the individual. Social media enables new, quantifiable channels for reciprocity. 
Robert Cialdini has written about the use of stereotypes to simplify decision-making in an increasingly complex world. As mental shortcuts, stereotypes enable easier decisions, but open us to mistakes and exploitation when our stereotypes differ from reality. Existing technology has simultaneously increased the volume and reduced the diversity of information we must process. Our stereotypes fail us without diverse signals in body language, appearance, and tone of voice tuning our interactions. Text-based interaction has limited our ability to relate through technology. We can fix this problem. Imagine a world where relationships on the internet bolster self-esteem and foster personal growth. A world where the human experience online rivals our experience offline. Technical solutions exist that can achieve these results. We simply need the will to act. Early attempts to incorporate intangible aspects of human relationships focus on influence and reputation, calculated for use in marketing. These efforts fail to enrich our online lives because influence implies, but doesn't necessitate, merit and limits measurement to a single dimension. Relationships require more. Give and take, acts of kindness, altruism, understanding. We need to enable self-correcting mechanisms in digital forms of human interaction. What if how you treated people online affected who you could interact with and what you could do online? That is the consequences of your interactions affected you. Creating technology capable of managing complex human interaction requires an understanding of the nature of our actions and their impact on another person. Let's use an example to illustrate how to create technology capable of enhancing our humanity. A person's self-esteem arises from both their own actions and thoughts but also how people treat them. People reveal how they regard themselves in what they say and do. Computers can calculate a measure of self-esteem in social media posts by pattern matching self-identifying words like I or me with negative predicates that refer to the self. We start with I. The sentence continues with can't. I can't what? Believe it? That sentence reveals almost nothing about a person. I can't do it. Now that sentence and others, like, people hate me, show a pattern of low self-esteem. Those of you who work with sentiment analysis will recognize the technique, except that instead of applying the technology for monitoring brands, we're using the tool to understand human psychology. Over time, automated software can determine a person's perceived worth. The people who interact with a low self-esteem person may either reinforce the negative perception, worsening the problem, or help build a positive self-image. We can track, and therefore reward, those individuals who choose positive interaction. The response to a negative statement may either negate the negative or counter with the positive. For example, in response to, I can't do it, a person might say, don't talk like that, or, you can if you believe so. The same text parsing technology works here. In the first instance where a negative is negated, we scan for negative words, such as, no, or, not, close to actions words, like, talk, referring to the original negative statement. The second instance matches a personal pronoun or name, referring to the low self-esteem person, with positive words, or lack of negative words, that reject the negative statement. The system wouldn't count, you're right, as affirmative. By evaluating the sentiment patterns in conversation, we can assess whether one person helps another person think and feel more positive. Compassion can be measured. Social capital calculated. Obviously, social capital measurement requires fraud detection. Algorithm development and administration requires much more thought before implementation. A robust approach will provide useful insight into many aspects of human actions and relations.
Tolerance and open-mindedness arise from comparing user profiles, including race, gender, sexual orientation, religion, and political alignment and performing sentiment analysis of conversations. Crowdsourcing ratings of content production reveals creativity in the producer. With the proper data model we can measure every aspect of humanity. Understanding the psychological impacts of communications and actions begins the conversation. This technology must also incent the proper behavior to affect change. How? In the physical world, people reward positive words from a friend with a smile, hug, praise, or social capital in an implicit promise to reciprocate when needed. If we measure, we can track. If we track, we can reward. Imagine each person possesses an account with a balance composed of points debited or credited by negative or positive interactions with others. This social capital becomes a currency for exchange, initially in intangible goods and services but eventually physical goods and services by changing the value basis for currencies. Note social capital differs in two ways from influence and reputation calculated by a number of companies today. First, social capital arises from personal actions. Unlike reputation or influence, which can arise from the actions of others, e.g. relaying someone else's message makes the original sender more influential. Second, the personal action focus inhibits our natural tendency to create idols because a person cannot rely upon others for promotion to generate social capital. Fewer idols yield a more egalitarian society with equitable social wealth distribution. We can reward acts that produce group benefits as well. Parenting offers a challenging example with enormous social benefits. Today, love motivates parental care, but not in every family and, until evidence of extreme neglect emerges, no accountability exists. Parent performance evaluation combined with the relationship capitalism I describe offers society an opportunity to improve child-rearing outcomes. Parenting measurement poses greater challenges not only from privacy and autonomy issues but also from data availability. Let's explore data first. Great parents raise a child with a healthy mind and body, strong character, social skills, and a good education. Psychological surveys conducted at school will provide data on mental state. Physical condition will be mined from electronic medical records. Character will surface in multiple places. The relationship data described earlier and the presence or absence of criminal records. Social skills appear in relationship data also. Grades and education levels will supply data on learning. Gathering these data requires investment, so the task isn't as easy as social media analysis. These sources of data combine for an assessment of parenting effectiveness. We must develop thresholds and composite indexes for a parenting score, but this endpoint requires agreement, not the solution to a difficult technical hurdle. For example, Parents of disabled children require different education thresholds but the technology works in the same manner as for parents of children without disabilities. A person's parenting score then affects their social capital in conjunction with their relationships and other human-focused factors on which we base this economic system. Privacy advocates will wail and gnash their teeth at the exposure of personal secrets. I recognize that the information must be used responsibly. Whether we apply technology or not, People disclose this personal data each day and others make judgments upon the facts. Technology increases the benefit of our disclosures. Will you allow grading of your parenting if the effort saves children from beatings and rape? I used the term, economic system, earlier because in addition to offering a means of enriching human interaction through technology, social capitalism will lay a foundation for an alternative currency independent of traditional goods and services.
We will require an alternative value measure if technology improves productivity to the point that large proportions of our population are either underemployed or unemployed. Past innovation phases created new jobs that replaced old jobs people lost. The next innovation phase will create spikes in productivity that displace workers who will face competition from self-adapting machines in the new jobs created. Additionally, the rate of change in job skills will exceed people's ability to retrain before obsolescence. The Luddite fallacy of the industrial era will become a truth even before self-adapting software and hardware achieve general intelligence. Let's prepare for the future by embracing our humanity today. Copyright 2013 by Robert Harkin. All rights reserved. Citations for references used in this audiobook are printed in the e-book version available from Amazon, Apple, and other e-book retailers. Thank you.